This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is not LaChina Robinson. Actually, it's me, the producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby, and I am switching roles today. I am. I don't get to do this often, so I had to take advantage of the opportunity while I could. <laughs> LaChina is actually out covering the ACC tournament, and therefore she was not able to hop on the podcast this week. But you know what? Uh, the show must go on. And so she asked me to fill in for her as host, and I cannot say no to LaChina no matter how often I want to. So <laughs> I will be filling in for her today and I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. We're going to have a great show um, lined up. We're actually going to be talking to some coaches who are doing some amazing things in their programs ahead of conference tournament. I always love conference tournament time. To me, it's just always that opportunity for teams to shine, for teams to close that gap if they may just be on the fence of making that field of 64, because ultimately that's what it's all about, making the NCAA tournament and giving your team a chance at winning a national title. Uh, I know this year around the rim is very, very excited about the NCAA tournament because we're going to actually be at the women's final four in Columbus, Ohio. And so that's going to be a new experience for around the rim. And we're excited about it. But again, it's all about the teams and it's about watching people, you know, put their best foot forward and, and do the very best that they can in order to ensure that their name is called when the selections are made. I know personally, I'm going to be really excited to check out this SEC tournament. And that's because my eye is on Mississippi State. They finished their season 30 and 0. And I just think Vic Schaefer's team really took the expectations that were set on them well. Last season, after the way that that ended with the shot, Morgan William becoming a household name, the loss that they took in the championship game. I just think they came into this season with a monkey on their back in some form. And, and they really took the expectations that were put on them. And I think they exceeded them. You know, they played their final regular season game on Sunday against Kentucky. Started off slow, but uh, Tierra McCowan, double-double. 20 points, 20 boards. Victoria Vivian's star of that team, double-double, 18 points, 10 boards. I mean, and they're the first team in the SEC to finish undefeated in 20 years. That just shows, to me, <laughs> the caliber of talent that's in that division, in that conference, year in and year out. And so, to me, to see Mississippi State do something that we haven't seen since a Pat Summit's Tennessee team do, I just think that it speaks volumes. Um, and, and honestly, I know I'm probably going to have a quite a few people who won't agree with me with this, but I think when you can do that, I. I think that you deserve number one in the country honors and that's no shade to UConn. I understand the kind of team that they have and I understand what they bring, but there's just a difference in the American conference versus the SEC. And for me, to see Mississippi State and what they've accomplished and what they've done. I just have to give some credit to Vic Schaefer and the Bulldogs. And so I'm going to be excited to see the SEC conference. Let me know what conference tournament you're going to be excited to see on Twitter. So follow me at she knows sports underscore hashtag around the rim. So on today's show, guys, we are uh, excited to be talking to some coaches who have been doing some amazing things within their conferences and within their programs. First, we're going to hear from Coach Robin Fralich, who is the head coach of the Ashland Eagles. They're on a 65 game win streak, which is crazy. It's the sixth longest active streak 
in the NCAA history, men's or women's. So we think that's pretty awesome. And we definitely wanted to hear uh, from Coach Freilich to give us a little bit about, you know, what it takes to maintain that kind of success. We're also going to hear from Coach Susie Gardner with the Mercer Bears and talk about the 24 game win streak that her team is on. Um, also talk about how they have managed to put themselves in position as a mid-major team to crack the top 25 in the AP polls. And that's not something that teams do all the time or do every day. So we're definitely going to be interested in hearing from her and uh, talking a little bit about Mercer. And then finally, we're going to hear from Coach Bart Brooks from the Belmont Bruins. And we're going to be talking about their 43 consecutive conference win streak their spot at number 22 on the ap polls excited to see what these coaches are gonna gonna provide for us as far as letting us know how they're able to continue to motivate such young minds in the right direction of of being successful so i'm excited you guys are excited uh let's just go ahead and get into the first quarter first quarter all right around the rim fans we have the pleasure of having one of the most successful coaches in college basketball right now on the line with us from Ashland University. Please welcome Coach Robin Freilich to the show. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. 65-game win streak. This is remarkable. Six longest in NCAA history, men or women, with, of course, the first being UConn at 111. Coach, how is this happening? How is your team managing to stay focused game after game for 65 games? You know, I'll give them credit over last season and then through this season. I think the two things that have really defined them are consistency and toughness. And I think genuine consistency is uh, associated with toughness. I think those go hand in hand. So, um, they've done that. They've done that really well. But when, you know, we get asked about the streak, what I love to share is it's, it's much less about the number and much more about the why and the how and, um, getting a group of people over an extended period of time to really to, to genuinely buy into something bigger than themselves. And, and that part's been really fun to be part of it. It's interesting that you mention uh, getting people to buy in because that means that you have to do some really extensive recruiting. And I know at one point in your career with Ashland, you were working on recruiting. So talk a little bit about that, how you mm-hmm. find the kind of players to buy into the program and what it is that you want there. Yeah, so we have a few philosophies when it comes to recruiting at Ashland. And one of them is we love to recruit winners. Um, kids from winning programs, from winning high school programs. And we're fortunate with our location that we're surrounded by just outstanding high school girls basketball and a lot of great basketball programs. Um, And then with that, we also love versatility, um, being able to guard and play multiple positions. Uh, One thing at the Division II level, specifically at Ashland, is uh, we're – we like to recruit good students because I think that tells a story. I think that when people are committed in one area of their life, they're often committed in many areas. Um, and then for us, it also extends the scholarships, you know, because we get academic money depending mm-hmm. on, on how well the, the student is. So we found that those three things for us have really have really bode well for, for us and particularly at Ashland. Now, I'm super familiar with Ashland because I'm from Michigan, originally from Detroit. So I, oh, really? I yeah. am. My husband's Born... from Detroit, outside Detroit, too. That's <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> I'm super familiar with the conference, and I know that Ashland has been a winning program for quite a while. 
And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that you guys do a great job of returning players. Um, right now, you've got some strong seniors that unfortunately you'll be losing, but uh, <laughs> Andy Daughtery, yeah. though, she's entered the season number four on the program's all-time scoring list. You've got Lena Snyder, who's now Ashland's leading scorer with 2,095 career points, both so monumental to this program. What has their leadership meant to the Eagles? Like, How do you replace that at the end of the season? Well, how do we replace that? I don't know. I guess that will be to be determined. We'll have to figure that out later. The good news is that, you know, I don't have to figure it out right now, but they are, they're unbelievable. Um, An incredible combination of ability and work ethic, both of them, and then their leadership of really seeing grow in both of them over their career. And what I love about Lena and Andy is on the court, there's a lot of things about their game that are, are similar. And if you look at them statistically, but they're also just really different people. And I've found that they've been very complimentary um, as leaders on the court and off the court. And their play has been very complimentary to each other as well. So just really thankful that they came to Ashland. We knew when we recruited them that we felt like they could be really special players here. But what they've been able to do is probably above and beyond, you know, any expectations that we had. Well, you've also got two players who you don't have to worry about leaving for quite a while, and that's with Jody and Renee. Jody's actually the GLIAC Player of the Week this week. What is it that makes these two guards so special in their development? I mean, if this is how they perform at sophomores, I can only imagine how this is going to increase year after year. So what is it about their development that you've seen that makes them so special? Yeah, there's two things about Jody and Renee that really stand out to me. The first being they are fearless. I mean, they really, they just have that quality about them that they are fearless when it comes to making plays and and playing at just a high competitive level. And then the second thing is they love to play. They just, they love to play. They're, They're the two kids you can always find in the gym. They're always smiling, laughing, trying out new things, but there's just a very much a joy that they have and they have a basketball in their hands. And they both had very good freshman years on a on a team that won the national championship. And they, they didn't just take a step forward this year. I feel like they both took leaps forward in their development. And the credit the credit goes to them because they, they work hard and, and they've continued to, to grow throughout the season. Absolutely. I mean, playing on a national championship caliber team just puts you – experience-wise in a situation that not every player gets an opportunity to have and to to grow in. And that's something that, you know, you've been able to provide there as this is your third season there as head coach. So you've got a championship um, on both of the associates coach level, the head coaching level. When you enter a season as a national champion, there's normally a target on your back. People want to take your spot. What were you able mm-hmm. to say to your team at the beginning of this season to kind of motivate them and to prepare them for the challenges that they were going to face as national champions? Well, a phrase we always use in our in our program is stay in the huddle. And we feel like the louder the noise gets, the louder the outside attention and all the things that go with that, the tighter the huddle has to get. And as long as we're locked in on the huddle and when we're in the huddle, we're focusing on ourselves, we're focusing on improving, competing, growing, and all those things we can control. And they're also, that's where it's fun. And mm-hmm. we got to make sure that they're, you know, that they're having fun because when the game is fun and we're taking good care of each other, all the other pressure is, is peripheral. Um, and this team has done that really well because this season I thought the noise was even louder to start. And they've done a good job of kind of keeping that outside of the huddle. 
focus is everything. Now, the Eagles are getting ready to start tournament play. Uh, you guys are obviously the number one seed. You're playing host. We know the fire that Snyder's going to bring, that Jody's going to bring. We know what these players are going to bring. But I know there's somebody who maybe is sliding under the radar, who may not be getting the media attention that is going to impress us in this tournament. Who should we be looking out for? Well, my hope is, you know, what we always feel like is the the strength of our team is the team. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of, you know, our bench has been a really big asset to us this season with our style of play. It's really critical because we play fast and aggressive and we rely on our depth um, to, to sustain that. So, you know, I feel like the team, I don't I don't know if there's one particular player that I think is going to do it. I think as a group, um, as long as we're locked in to, to playing as a team and to buying into what it takes to play our style, I think that would be the, the X factor. I know that you guys are going to go into this tournament, at least I believe that, um, with the confidence that you've displayed all year. So I want to thank you so much and I want to wish you guys luck. Hopefully that's, you know, once again, holding up that trophy. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for having, uh, having me on and, um, hope you have a great day too. Second quarter inside the huddle. All right, Around the Rim fans, we are going to keep it going with talking to some dynamic coaches. And I have on the line with me the 2018 Southern Conference Coach of the Year. And mind you, this is the second time in three seasons. So we've got a pro here, okay? We've got Coach Susie Gardner from the Mercer Bears on the line. How you doing, Coach Gardner? I'm doing outstanding. So good to talk to you today. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. We know that this is a busy time of the year uh, for college coaches, especially when you're looking at preparing for the tournament. So it is a a pleasure for us to have you here today. But uh, we just got to talk about how awesome this Mercer program has been this season. I mean, you took over the team in 2010. You've become the third most winningest coach in the program Three consecutive 20-plus win season, and now, just this week, Mercer is number 25 on the AP poll. First time since 1980. I wasn't even born yet, Coach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was, but it it, it was a long time ago, you're right, and it's just been one of those magical years that you really, you know, you don't prepare for. We knew we were going to have a really good team. We've had the same players uh, in this program for the last three years. Uniquely, we had – freshmen and sophomores three years ago, and they're just all grown up now. And I really did not anticipate the success that we're having. I knew we could be pretty good, but to be ranked top 25 for a mid-major does not happen a lot. And I'm just so so excited for these players because really, they really work hard and they're good people as well. But you are no stranger from <laughs> having a winning aura about you. How did you or how do you feel you were able to bring this winning culture to Mercer? Well, first of all, I have great support. We have a president, Bill Underwood, who loves athletics and specifically loves women's basketball. When you have a president that cares about your program, that's a great place to start. And then we have Sybil Blaylock, who's my SWA, who actually played at Mercer. Her number's retired, and she's a great basketball uh, person as well. And so it starts with the the, uh, people around me at Mercer. But then, of course, Mercer being in the state of Georgia, as, as everyone knows, Georgia's got a great recruiting base for girls basketball so we've been successful recruiting in state um but it, it's not just recruiting it takes you know quality people and we just have a great culture um you know we, we bring in 
we bring in good kids that 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 really want to work hard and uh, get along with each other well. And just it's just you know sometimes coaches we we try to do it the right way and we say we're going to do this that and the other. And this this situation is kind of all the stars have aligned with this team this year. Let's talk about that for a little bit because you mentioned recruiting and being in a state like Georgia where you're surrounded by power five sec top schools and uh florida's not too far away what is your recruiting tactics like to 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 get kids to buy into what it is that you are are looking to advance at mercer university well first of all mercer's a private school so academics are a premium so that that is always appealing so we get to bring in quality students as well because not everyone can get into mercer academically so that always helps when you have high achieving Students, they typically become high-achieving adults and players as well. And what we actually saw, you know, we we were not very good when I first got the job. It was one of the the toughest jobs I've ever had, in all honesty, to turn around. And we we saw the fact, let's let's make history, you know, Mercer Women's Basketball has never been to the NCAA tournament, and we still haven't. Um, But as I recruited, as, as, as we got a little bit better, we started thinking, you know what? Let's let's be the first team that gets to the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of schools use that uh, use that line when they've never been, but not every player is going to buy into that. And and we really have hung our hat on that and, and been fortunate to bring in players that want that challenge. Now we are talking to Mercer head coach Susie Gardner and. Coach, you've had the opportunity to train and develop some of the league's best, and I, I think that you know when a player is special. And you've got a few special players on your team, to <laughs> say the least. When when you've got Kalia Lawrence, and I think she's just definitely one of those players, a three-time player of the year for the SoCon Conference now. Alongside her, you've got Sydney Means, uh, a junior guard, Kiki Calloway. I mean, these are players that you really have to either hone in onto their development or they're just naturally talented and they're once-in-a-lifetime kind of players, which one best defines them? And, like, how do you develop these kinds of guards? Well, that, that's a pretty good backcourt, huh? A point guard and a 2,000-point score and a, and a player that's hit 12 threes in a game. Um, honestly, Kalia was, was one of those players. She signed late. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we didn't sign her until late. And so um, she didn't actually play AAU basketball, so she might have been under the radar, but she played on a very, very good high school team in Kendrick that won the state tournament. And so I knew that she was used to winning and she just, you meet Kalia and she's just one of those people that everyone loves, but she, she's silly at times, but at the same time, when she steps on the floor, she is all business. Now she was a great player, certainly when we got her and she was, she was freshman of the year mm-hmm. and three time player of the year. However, there were parts of her game. And I think that that's one area that I'm pretty good at because you know, I, I did play at Georgia. I wasn't the best player at Georgia by any stretch, but I worked extremely hard to become the best player that I could be. And so I think we as a staff try to develop players as well. You know, Kalia's three-point shot wasn't very good when she got here. Now, it's not great now, but it's better than it was. Mm-hmm. You know, her defense has gotten better. Sydney Means, you know, her freshman year, she barely played at all. And I, I joked with her. I said, man, if I had a played you your freshman year to have all kinds of records in the in the Southern <laughs> Conference. But, you know, she played behind another player of the year, Precious Bridges. But Sydney is one of those players that she does things you really can't teach. I think as a point guard, she and I have got a great relationship. So I think she she studies the game. She watches a lot of basketball. Um, but I think she has some of the intangibles that you really can't teach. Now, and Kiki Calloway, our junior guard, who's a great dynamic three-point shooter, She's just a gym rat. I mean, she was a great player coming out of high school. 
physically she had all the tools. I think uh, what maybe held her back a little bit was was mentally. She just kind of got down on herself. So I really had to develop as a coach to meet Kiki where Kiki is instead of trying to coach her the same way I would coach, say, Kalia. So, you know, so three different techniques of coaching three different styles of players, you know. And the other thing that we've done pretty well at Mercer and then anywhere else I've been as a coach, we we tend to get players of the year. And it's not because we try to do that, but I try to put players in position to be successful offensively. And we tend to have, you know, good offensive players, but then try to put them in a position where they can score where they're comfortable. So I'm really, really blessed, I mean, to have that kind of a backcourt at a mid-major like Mercer that can compete with anybody in the country is is pretty special. Absolutely. We're definitely going to be excited to see what Kiki's going to continue to bring. We know that uh, Kalia and Sydney are seniors, but with Kiki, and I mean, last year, what, 68 threes, I think? That, that's <laughs> that's crazy. I to can't hit. keep up. All I know is she hit 12 in one game, and that was pretty, that was a big deal. That was crazy, right? <laughs> she yeah, can get so going. She can get going. So that that's definitely something that we're going to be looking forward to seeing. You know, what kind of momentum are, are they going to be bringing into this tournament? And you guys have Western Carolina coming up. So what's your preparation like for, for that? What are some of the keys that you're looking to, you know, heading into into this matchup? Well, we only played them like two weeks ago, so it wasn't that long ago that we played Western Carolina, and we only won by seven. So we we are very respectful of all the teams in our conference. The Southern Conference has got great coaches, and we also know any team can beat anyone any night, and that is not a cliche. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of respect for Western. And, and we this team, you know, we've got a 24-game winning streak going on, but it's something that we don't talk about with our players. The media talks about it. We just we just approach, and I think it honestly starts with me. We just stay in the moment. Like, what is our practice going to be like today, and who do we have, um, you know, on Thursday, Western Western Carolina? We've not even thought about who we might play next if we were to win. So we kind of stay in the moment. Um, and in preparation for Western, you know, we, we've got to do the simple things like shoot the ball better than we did last time, and mm-hmm. and do a better a little bit better job on the glass. But our players, we just got finished with practice for the last time before we play tomorrow morning. And they are so hyper right now. They cannot wait for this tournament to begin because we had heartache last year and they've really got something to prove this year. Absolutely. Having having that monkey on your back, so to speak, just kind of always gives you that little bit of incentive. But also this year, I mean, you guys – 27 and 2 to finish out the regular season. You win the the Southern Conference uh, regular season title outright, which is something that has got to be special, especially for your seniors. Talk about that moment a little bit. And I, I know you you know we're going to look forward, but you got to embrace a moment like that. How how does that how do you feel that moment embodied your team, especially your seniors? You know, it's been interesting because we we claimed the championship with two games to go, and they they didn't even know that we we were our champions they are so low-key you know sometimes you got jumping up in the locker room and dancing around and these guys are like okay what's next but I'll tell you what was awesome was we were able to to win on senior night which was our last home game we played a really good East Tennessee State team and we played great then we had our senior night then we were able to present the trophy to our team in front of our fans which we had not been able to do the previous two years and then we were able to cut down the net so it was one of those days that everything came together. And I asked my seniors, I said, I don't want to take away from your senior night with all this other stuff. And they said, coach, it will enhance our senior night if we do it. So it was just a magical day to, to end the season. And so 
that's kind of how we ended it. And, and now we're just, you know, as we say, we're restarting for the tournament. But it's been a great, fun year without question. Well, Coach, we are going to be looking out for Mercer. I know our fans are going to be keeping up um, with the Southern Conference Tournament. We are going to wish you the best of luck moving forward. That 24-game streak, we're going to pray that it continues. And good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to talk to you guys, and we're we're excited about the tournament as well. Fans, stay right where you are, because when we return from break, we're going to hear from Belmont Bruins coach Bart Brooks, who's going to talk a little bit about the streak that his team is on and what we should be expecting to them heading into the conference tournament. Please be sure that you are subscribed to Around the Rim. You can find us in the ESPN app and also on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to leave us a review, rate us, let us know what you think. Leave us your suggestions, your comments. Find us on social media, hashtag Around the Rim. We definitely want to hear from you. But make sure you stay tuned because we'll be back. Third quarter. All right, college basketball fans, welcome back to Around the Rim. And yes, we are into our third quarter and we are going to be talking to Belmont Bruins head coach, Bart Brooks, whose team right now is scorching hot. 20 game win streak, 44 consecutive conference wins, which is second only to UConn at 96. Coach, how are you doing this? Like what? (laughs) How have you been able to maintain this level of success uh, and just your first year. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm really blessed with a, a great group of players who have, you know, we have great veterans who have been through this and you know, played a lot of basketball. And, you know, I, I, first I got to give credit to Cam Neubauer, the guy who recruited all these, these players, you know, he's, he's now the head coach of Florida was, was at Belmont for four years and, and really turned this program into what it is. And, you know, I, I came into a, a situation where I have really talented kids and their uh, their maturity and their leadership and their toughness and their their approach every single day in practice has um, has really, really been special. And, I you know, I, I wish it was something I did or said or, you know, something something like that. But it's it's really about these players. And uh, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Now, I know a lot of times when you are starting to amass a certain amount of wins, it's normally us, the media, those of us who follow college basketball, who start to bring recognition to when a streak is occurring. But after a while, it's got to be an amazing feeling and it's it's got to be noticed by the players. How are you able to keep them focused on, you know, the very next game, the very next day versus what the streak actually is? You know, I think... um I think it's pretty easy because our focus every every day since the beginning of the season has been on what we can control and every every day the only thing we can control is what we have right in front of us and today you know we're we just got done with a film session and it was pretty easy to I think keep them keep them centered and focused because we we still have a lot of stuff to to fix and get better at and work mm-hmm. on and um, I, I don't think we've played our best basketball. I think it's still ahead of us and we're still a work in progress in, in about every phase of the game. So just the the goals that this team has and what they want to achieve has has really been the driving force in every day, their approach and practice and how they compete and how they, they work to get better. And we understand that the goal, the end goal here is is much bigger than, you know, any 
any streak or any, you know, the national ranking and all that stuff is, is awesome and it's great for the program. But ultimately for this team, our focus is on what we can control every day. And today that's to go have a great practice. Absolutely. And you mentioned the the national ranking, which you guys are sitting currently at number 22. Um, we spoke to Coach Gardner at Mercer earlier, and they're sitting at number 25. And to me, it just shows that our game is growing when we see mid-majors cracking the, the national AP polls. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on that as far as what do you think that says about our game when we see mid-majors or, or other non-traditional powers getting this kind of attention? You know what I think I think the women's side has been a little bit behind the guys side with the mid-major love and you know I don't I'm not exactly sure for the reason but I think you know I give credit to you guys um and and people who cover the sport that really take the time to get to know the teams that might not be on TV every day and and they might you know you have to to dig a little and, and search a little to find them but there there are some really really good basketball teams who aren't in these, these, these big leagues. And, you know, coach, coach Gardner's done an amazing job at Mercer and, and Carl down at Gulf coast and Aaron at, at South Dakota state and, you know, Kevin up at green Bay. I mean, there's some really good basketball in these mid-major leagues. And, you know, I, I just think it's, it's great that we're, we're finally starting to get there. And I, I really do give credit to, you know, people like yourself who are, are really working to cover our sport and, and make people aware of what's going on, you know, outside of the the power five, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there has been some amazing basketball this season in particular. And I know LaChina as well as myself, we just love what we're seeing coming from non-traditional non-power five schools. And we definitely wanted to share, you know, with our fans who don't get an opportunity. Some, some schools are regional and, and maybe it's just not accessible to the fans. And we want to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity to see how well, uh, these teams, including Belmont Bruins are playing. And, you know, when you're a new head coach to to a program, you know, sometimes it's hard to get people to buy in. Sometimes it's not. But I know when you come from a background of being around legendary people, it may make it a little easier. And you have had the pleasure of working with Coach Doug Bruno at DePaul for the last 11 years. And I just feel like you have had to have learned or gained or experienced something from being in his atmosphere, being in his presence. Was there something that you took away from working with Coach Bruno and being at DePaul that you were able to bring over to Belmont? I, everything. I mean, every <laughs> single thing that that guy did, I tried to take something from it. And, you know, he he really, really shaped, you know, shaped me as a coach and and helped me understand that you can do this and do it the right way and treat kids right and be good to, to players and still, still succeed and be successful and, and not have to sacrifice maybe, you know, some of the things that, that a lot of coaches feel like they got to sacrifice. And, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it, it's just the, and if you've ever been to a coach Bruno practice or, you know, spent time with him, it's hard to spend any time with that guy and not take something away. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I give him, a huge, and you know, he's he's hugely responsible for everything that that I've, I've you know I've done here as a head coach, and and there's you know I, I I don't talk to him enough. We're both so I didn't realize how busy I was going to be when I was making decisions now oh, as a yeah. head coach. But man, it's <laughs> a little bit different in this chair. But um, but he's been unbelievably supportive even even through this year. And um, yeah, I I just I don't know that. I don't know that I was ready for this if I hadn't spent that time with coach Bruno and really studied and learned from, you know, one of the best in the game. 
Absolutely, Coach. Now, the Ohio Valley Conference uh, tournament has started, and you guys have already played your first game. Uh, 88-64 to 64 victory against Murray State. Shooting lights out. I mean, 10 threes in the final 13 minutes of the game. Um, but you had some big contributions from uh, Sally McCabe. She posted a double-double. Kylie Smith led the way with 21 points, also a double-double. How important has her development, Smith, and I'm referring to alongside uh, Sally's leadership as a senior, how important has that been for you this se- this season? Because I know as a new head coach and new to a program, you have to, or, or at least you would like to rely on your seniors to kind of be like that second version of you. Um, so how has she been able to, to help your program and what has that meant for you? Well, I tell you what, all three of our seniors have, have opened open arms when I got here and mm-hmm. they, they welcomed me and they trusted me probably before I even earned any trust. And, and because of that, we were able to hit the ground running and, and really not skip a beat from what they'd been doing. And, you know, Kylie, she was, she was playing unbelievable basketball. The last, uh, you know, the, the last game before Christmas break, you know, at Vanderbilt, she, she put up a great, she had a great game, big number game. And, uh, turned her ankle pretty good the mm-hmm. first day back after Christmas break, and we missed her for the first six games of our our conference season. And we really missed her more than just the points. We missed a really really good competitor, one of our leaders, and someone that you you just she's solid as a rock. You depend on her every single game, and you know what you're going to get from her. So um, ultimately, I think that made us better as a team because we figured out how to play without her, and, and other guys did some things that you know we need them to do with her too, but. It was um, Kylie just now in this last couple of weeks has started to get back to the the old Kylie, the healthy Kylie that's feeling good. And I tell you what, it, it you know Sally McCabe and Kylie and you know, Sarah Jones, our other senior, and then Darby mm-hmm. Maggard, Jenny Roy, two juniors that have just been rock solid for us as leaders and uh, just so dependable. You know what you're going to get from them every day and. Uh, I, it really, I tell you, it really does make my job easy when, you know, I look down and I see those guys and I, I get to go play with those guys on my team. So I, that makes it exciting every day. That's for sure. Absolutely. We are excited to have had this opportunity to speak with you, Coach Brooks. Uh, we appreciate what you're, what you're doing and, and we wish your team the best of luck uh, throughout the remainder of the tournament and throughout their season. So thanks for joining me. Well, I, I can't thank you guys enough for all you do for women's basketball and for covering us and, and giving the little guys a voice here. So we appreciate you. Won't be little for long, believe me. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Fourth quarter. Out of bounds. Just want to thank once again Coach Robin Fralick, Coach Susie Gardner, and Coach Bart Brooks for joining me today. And thank you guys, the fans, for putting up with me. I know I'm not LaChina. She's amazing at what she does, but I hope I have done her justice by filling in for her today as host. And for the latest content on where you can find all of the conference tournaments and when they're going to be beginning and ending, you can head over to our website on ESPN.com and head into the Women's College Basketball tab. There is a list there of all of the conference tournaments, exactly when they start, when they end, where they're going to be played. And 
it's the best place to find the content that you need for the tournament that you're looking for. So make sure you head over there for that. Uh, please make sure you are following us on social media. We love to know what you are thinking. We love to know what you'd like to hear from us. Um, LaChina is at LaChina Robinson. I am at she knows sports underscore. You can again find us on the ESPN app or subscribe to us in Apple podcast. And also you can catch us on Sunday mornings on Sirius XM radio channel 84. It's been real guys. Catch you all next week where LaChina will be doing all the recaps on the conference tournaments from this week. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.